The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save and save and win. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? This is the Punt and Pass Podcast. Touchdown, baby! Now, here are your hosts, two-time All-American punter Drew Butler. Mark Rick would like Drew Butler to hit it a mile in the air. And he did. What a kick. And the SEC's career leader in touchdown passes and completions, Aaron Murray. Touchdown! In stride as he crosses the goal line. Put it right on his hip. What a throw. Now, with the latest from around the SEC and the world of college football, it's the Punt and Pass Podcast. Get to the house, sideline! Pylon! Touchdown! And the dogs are on the board first. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly, I've been lame. Welcome into the Punt and Pass Podcast. I'm your host, Drew Butler, joined alongside by my co-host, Aaron Murray. Be sure to follow us on social media, at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Drew Butler. Aaron is at Aaron Murray 11 And head on over to puntandpass.com to make sure that you stay up to date on everything going on in the world of college football. It's got our picks up there. Yes, our picks were back on track this week. Both locks hit. We are back on track. It's got our blog. It's got our merchandise page. Go buy some gear. Christmas is right around the corner. Go buy some punt and pass gear. And, of course, everything that you need, our YouTube page, our podcast channels, everything to keep you up to date in the world of college football. And there's a lot to get caught up on on this episode, Aaron. It feels like we've been looking forward to talking about Georgia's quarterback situation in regards to anybody other than Stetson or Dewan, most notably JT Daniels. He did, of course, get the start this past weekend against Mississippi State. We're going to break that down. We'll also break down some comments from a couple of head coaches across college football and really how things stand with the first rendition of the college football playoff rankings set to come out tomorrow night. But let's talk about the most important thing for the majority of our audience. That, of course, is Georgia's 31-24 victory over Mississippi State on Saturday night in the black jerseys with JT Daniels getting the nod at quarterback. And he didn't just get the nod, Aaron. He put up historical Statistics, 28-38, 401 yards, four touchdowns. I believe the first Georgia quarterback to throw for 400-plus since you. Is that correct? Yeah, since 2013. Wow. What were they waiting on? What were they waiting on? Holy smokes. I know, I mean, Georgia historically has been a run-first offense, and obviously when Kirby came in there, it was still play great defense, run the football, Jake from throw the ball 20, 24, 25 times a game. That was kind of the mentality. So not a lot of opportunities to go out there and throw 400 yards. But, you know, the issue was I don't think he would have thrown 400 yards if the offense would have been able to run the football. Yep. I mean, that was one of the worst running performances I've seen from Georgia yep. in a long time against a defense. And they kept saying it the entire night, almost a skeleton crew over there for Mississippi State. I mean, they had, what, 50 scholarship guys dressed out that game. 45. 45 scholarship I think guys so. dressed out. Yeah. I mean, how – that, that's that's just mind blowing to me that they traveled with sixty three players. Yeah, so 
Um, but, you know, listen, I thought JT played tremendous. I thought the, the biggest thing for me when I watched him was, you know, I wanted to see because we, you and I have discussed and everyone I think around Bulldog Nations discussed is, is he not playing because he's hurt or is he not playing because the coaches don't think he's good enough or is he not playing because he just has to pick up the offense fast enough? Like, what is the, what is it? So I think one thing you want to see was, is he healthy? Does he look good? And I thought moving around the pocket, he looked really good. He, he, the maneuvering one time he made a guy, two guys miss a little spin move, a little step up in the pocket, threw the ball downfield. I believe it was an incompletion. The ball was dropped by, I think it was Pickens on a post route, but still his movement in the pocket to me showed that, okay, he's healthy. He looks good. Let's check that box off. And then everything else was just check, 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 throw the ball extremely yeah. well, was accurate. Uh, I remember we were watching the game with uh, my brother and dad and, you know, Josh at one point is like, man, he just keeps underthrowing these deep balls. I'm like, you know, if, if you if you look at Georgia these past, you know, six, seven weeks, it's been overthrowing the deep balls has been the issue. <laughs> yeah. so I'm just happy he's completing them, you know. Yeah, no doubt. Completion. Yeah, maybe it could have been a 60-yard touchdown, but it's still a chunk play. Our guys caught it. And it wasn't overthrown, and everyone's bitching and moaning like, man, if you would just put him on him. So, you know, the, the, the timing at sometimes wasn't there. The accuracy at time wasn't always perfect, but – for the first game with a guy that's been playing scout team offense this entire season, I thought it was pretty, pretty darn good uh, what he was able to do. I was really impressed by JT. Absolutely. We said it on last Friday's podcast. Depending on the lens that you viewed this situation and it was either going to be a win-win or a lose-lose. Lose-lose being, why didn't the coaching staff start JT? We wasted this season. We already had two losses where we could barely complete a pass. Or win-win. Hey, I'm glad JT got to play. I'm glad that he's healthy. I'm glad that he looks like the five-star recruit from USC that everybody had expected to be there. Now, Aaron, I need your perspective because you just said it. Look, was he healthy? Did he look healthy? Has he been ready to play? Guess who else is a quarterback who has come back from an ACL injury? You, yourself. That's correct. So everybody after the game, of course, those questions started to come in. JT won the postgame press conference. I mean, everybody was drooling over him. He had great moxie. He had great confidence in his answers. He spoke with respect to the other team, with respect to his coaches, with respect to his teammates. And that was the question that was poised to him. Have you been ready? When you were cleared, were you ready? And here is what JT Daniel said, quote, As soon as I got cleared, I was ready to go out and play football, Daniel said. But it absolutely should be said that I have progressed a good amount since then. We're still progressing every week to try and get to full strength and get to full health back there. So I'm asking you this, Aaron. Is there a difference between cleared to play and ready to play? Because this is the perspective that matters the most. If he was cleared to play, but JT told the coaches, hey, I'm not sure if I'm ready to play, then maybe that's why we kept getting the same answers from Kirby and the coaching staff as to Stetson gives us the best chance to win. Well, there's there's ready to play mentally and physically. And, and sometimes coming back from an ACL injury, a lot of it is mental. Like, do I mentally trust that my knee's going to hold up? When there's guys yep. in the pocket, I'm having to move around. When there's 300-pounders rolling at, at my legs – do I trust myself to be able to step into a throw and be able to throw it all over the ballpark? That 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 mentally you have to get over that. It took me a while to trust stepping into throws because I was so worried about someone jamming into my leg and then possibly re-tearing it or hurting something else. So you got to get over that hurdle first. Uh, and then physically, yeah, you're going to continue to get stronger and stronger. Yes, you may be cleared and everything may be structurally sound, but the strength may not be 
full go. That takes time from getting to be able just to play football and then be able to play football, uh, like I said, mentally where you're not worried and then physically at the, you know, what you feel like you're capable of doing. So that, that takes time to continue to build up that strength physically as well. So those are two areas for him that that's more on him. You know, trainers can't dictate that coaches can't dictate that, that, that is all him going out there and saying, I can step into a throw. Yeah. If I get hit, I'm going to be fine. And then physically feeling like I can use my lower half to throw a football because you know, it, Football and, and quarterbacking, and, you know, and, and Drew, you can talk about this with, with golf a little bit too. It starts from the lower body. You know, all your power is generated Absolutely. from the feet, yes. the hips, the glutes, and then be able to create that separation between your lower body and upper body. But it all starts with the ground. If you have a weak lower base, if your feet aren't great, if you don't trust your feet in the pocket because you're worried about getting hurt, that throws your timing off. That throws your power off when it comes to just throwing the football from then the upper body from the waist up. Um, so to him, I think he just had to go out there and continue to work, continue to feel comfortable, continue to work with the scout team, which I thought was tremendous of him just kind of being a big man and saying, listen, I may not be getting starter reps. I may not be working with the ones or twos right now, but I want to go out there and get work, get my timing um, and, and be the scout team quarterback. But uh, like I said, he looked healthy to me. He looked very accurate to me. The power was there. I thought he he was he was very accurate on the deep balls, maybe a little bit underthrown at times, but you know that's all just getting a, a, a comfort level. Let's not forget this kid hasn't played football or live action football in what almost a year yeah. and a half now. Yep, and, and and let's just okay, let's bring it back to reality for just a second. Okay, this was against Mississippi State, like like Aaron said, there was yes. a skeleton crew out there. Two and, two Forty-five and scholarship players traveled with sixty-three. I mean, give them credit for playing the game. Teams have postponed or canceled games for far less attrition on their roster. Mississippi State showed up, got on the plane. I mean, it just goes to show that I think Coach Leach is getting the culture turned around there. But, and I always hate when people talk about this when the college football playoff rankings come out. From an eye test perspective, JT Daniels passed with flying colors. Compared to what we've seen at the quarterback position at Georgia through the first seven weeks, JT stood in the pocket. He's six foot three and a half. He was making all the throws. Those cross field throws, Aaron, where you really got to spin it to keep it out of the defender's hands. He was making those throws. The downfield throws, stepping into the pocket, long touchdowns, chunk yardages, command at the line of scrimmage. That's what you expect to see. That's what Georgia fans expect to see in their quarterback when you're suiting up for the red and black or the black as well, Georgia shows the black I was, jerseys. I was, I was talking to Chuck Daddle. Uh, this was during the preseason, um, during the preseason, him and I are out golf or something like that. And I was just asking about the quarterback position. He's obviously he's there mostly day in and day out. And, you know, he, he told me, he's like, listen, it's, it's it, at the time it was a battle between, it seemed to be JT Daniels and, and Dewan Mathis. And he said, the one difference to me when I go out there and watch practice is just, you know, JT just has a different presence. Yeah. You know, Dwan and, 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 and Dwan's a little bit hesitant. I don't think Dwan understands how good he can be. The talents there. I just think that the, the, the confidence isn't there to go out there and just let it rip and have some fun and, and just command that offense where JT is a guy that obviously he's played a lot of football was a starting quarterback at a young age at USC, which yeah. is a, a tremendous program. Being the quarterback at USC is pretty darn special. It means you're going to go to the yeah. NFL. Yeah. And then being a, a quarterback at USC at what age 18. Yeah. Is, is absolutely incredible. Uh, he's a guy that should have been in high school when he was starting two years ago. So he, you know, going back to it, Chuck just told me, listen, the kid has a presence. He steps into the huddle. 
there's just a different feeling about the guys just looking at him, the way they look at him, the way he commands it. And that's a big part of the game. I mean, go back to this offseason with the Bucs. And, and when, when Tom Brady stepped into the huddle, you saw all the offensive linemen, all the receivers, you know, that first week of practice coming to the media and saying, it's different. Yeah. When he steps into the huddle, the presence is just different. You, he commands it. Uh, he runs the show. Guys know he's prepared. Guys obviously know that he's won championships. And this yeah. is a little bit different with JT. But like I said, it just, just guys in the huddle, I think, have a little bit of a trust in him, uh, and it went out there and showed this past weekend the, the way he was able to go play and the guys execute around him. He does have a presence, and it seems like he's won over to the media. Yeah, he answered those questions in the postgame press conference with confidence, uh, with Moxie, knowing that I think he finally can sit there and say, this is my job for the rest of the season. Now, Dane Young from UGASports.com, we need, to, we need to pump the brakes a little bit. I'm speaking to all the media here. We just need to pump the brakes a little bit. Dane Young says, Daniels came across as a professional in a sport ascribed to amateurism. He is kind, thoughtful, gracious, confident, bold, and refreshingly honest. I mean, look, is this a love note, or are we covering a guy who just threw for 400 against Mississippi State? Again, I give him all the credit in the world. Let's just wait a little bit longer before we start writing John Patterson novels about JT Daniels. Well, you know, it's funny, too. My dad, you know, so after the game, I went to bed. I was, I mean, my... As, as we said in last week's podcast, I was exhausted from my traveling across the country for four thing. three days. I was <laughs> tired. So, I mean, at the end of the game, I'm like, I'm going to bed. I'm out. See ya. Uh, and my dad stayed up and and I think watched the post game show on the SEC network. And next morning he goes, who's that new guy in the SEC network? I was like, I think, you know, you're talking about Roman Harper. He said, yeah, I guess Roman Harper was like, yeah, man, I think, you know, this guy's good enough. He can maybe go, you know, take that jump to the NFL next year. He's eligible. Oh, yeah, they, they're already talking about it. I'm like, are you kidding me? They're already <laughs> talking yeah. about it. It's one game. <laughs> he played really well, but it was against a Mississippi State team that was 2-4 and four heading into the game, now 2-5, and five, and we're missing a lot of football players on that team. So let's yeah. – Pump the brakes before Just everyone hold on, people. this guy hold on. pick all of a sudden. Absolutely. I did love this quote, though, from JT Daniels in postgame. If you have George Pickens and Jermaine Burton and you're not going to throw it up to them, then don't recruit them. I mean, that's a pretty bold statement for a kid yeah. who just played his first game in over a year with a new team. But he did exactly that. I mean, look, I got Jermaine Burton deep. I'm going to throw it up to him and see what happens. So I'll give him credit. Now I got to go to this. I got to go to this angle. Okay. Obviously, everybody's fawning over JT Daniels. The media's sitting there going, this guy's the new savior. Georgia football's back. You know, looking towards 2021, if he doesn't go to the NFL, that game against Clemson immediately has more national prominence because there's not as many questions about Georgia's QB situation. Trevor Lawrence, obviously, will be gone. DJ Uyunglele, he has a lot of experience. That will be a premier matchup if JT Daniels were to stay and remain the starter. But when you look at it, with the fawning over JT Daniels, you got to go to the opposite side and ask Kirby Smart the tough questions. Why? Why wait this long? Why was he never given a shot? Look, I'll, I will hold my judgment as to putting the crown on JT Daniels and saying this coaching staff messed up. I'm not in the meetings. I'm not at practice. I don't know everything that goes on into those decisions. But for that to be the first time the first time for JT Daniels to see the field. That's where I start to ask the questions, okay? Maybe he wasn't ready against Alabama, all right? Maybe he was ready against Florida, but they didn't want to put him in when, they, when Georgia was down 21 points. For that to be the first action JT Daniels got, 
that's where I start to ask some questions. I go, man, that, that seems like a really long time for a guy who looked that good and a guy who performed that well to see the field for the first time. So Kirby did get a bit defensive, and I want to read this quote to you because I kind of scratched my head when I said it. Kirby Smart said this after the game, Aaron. I think people should understand that I've been coaching for 20 years. Maybe the question should be, man, aren't you glad we got JT here? The decisions I made were the based on what gives us the best chance to win. I mean, Kirby, we all know that you've coached for 20 years, okay? We all know that you've repeatedly said that Stetson and Dewan gave Georgia the best chance to win. But when JT Daniels goes out, regardless of the opponent, because you and I, Aaron, are sitting here saying, let's just hold on for two seconds. When yep. you throw for 400-plus in four touchdowns, when Georgia couldn't throw for 400-plus in four touchdowns in three games combined, people are going to start to wonder, wow, that doesn't really seem to make much sense. I've got all the confidence in the world in Kirby Smart. He is the right man for Georgia football. There's no doubt about that. There's nobody out there right now coaching or not coaching in the NFL, in college, in high school football, who I would rather have be the head coach of Georgia football other than Kirby Smart. I mean, I'm all in. But that right there, the need to get defensive in that situation, I just don't see it as a need. I think you just say, JT's awesome. Um, we're so glad he's healthy. He played great, and he very well may have said that over and over and over again. But to say, hey, I've been coaching for 20-plus years. I know what I'm doing. I, I mean, it, to me, it just sits there and goes, well, why? Like, I, di I didn't see the need for Kirby to say that. Yeah. Listen, hopefully he can move on from it, though. You know, let's just go back. And luckily for Georgia going forward, too, for this offense is I don't really think they're facing a defense that is going to be too challenging. South Carolina, especially with both their corners out yeah. for the season, not going to be very good. Vanderbilt defensively, not very good. And then Missouri defensively, if the game gets made, made up, uh, is not you know tremendous either. So, you know, they're going to continue to put up points and, and hopefully people can, can continue to move past this JT Daniels thing and just say, listen, He's our quarterback now, and we just feel good for him being that quarterback week one next week, next year, first Clemson. So, you know, who knows? I mean, like you said, we're, we're not in the meetings. We're not at the practices every day. We don't know exactly what was going on, why JT was there. There's a lot of reasons, you know, and I, I said at the beginning of the show, it could be JT mentally wasn't prepared. Yep. JT physically didn't feel like he was prepared, whatever, whatever, whatever. But, you know, like I said, also a, a few weeks ago or kind of during this entire season, these coaches get paid way too much money. Kirby Smart is a tremendous coach. <laughs> Come on, Todd man. Munkin, it's capitalism. Todd Munkin is a tremendous coach. These guys know what they're doing. Yes, like they're I not, agree with you 100%. They're not keeping this guy on the bench to lose games and Amen. piss fans off. Like if he was ready, he would have been ready to go. Amen. So there, there was something going on that prohibited him from being able to go out there and play to his maximum. And who knows? I mean, like I said, with ACL, it is going to get stronger and stronger and stronger. JT said it. Listen, I feel great, but it's it's getting better, and I'm getting yeah. more strong. And I'm sure after this game, too, he mentally is taking his game to another level. When he went back and watched the film and said, look, I moved around great. I can go out there and trust that I can hold up in the pocket. So I think that is, for him, too, uh, a little bit refreshing to know heading into next week and the rest of the season of the knee can hold up. I can go forward, no hesitation and just ball out. Yep. I agree. And, and my sources, this is confirmed. I know for a fact that JT Daniels was only cleared to run in August. Think about that. Cleared to run in August. Four weeks later, you're thrown into a football game. That's not how it happens. He needed that time. There's a difference. Like Aaron said, from being cleared to play and being mentally and physically ready to play. Clearly, now, 
Thanksgiving week 2020, JT Daniels is mentally and physically ready to play, and he showed it last weekend. Georgia wins 31-24 against Mississippi State. Um, you know, no really need to dive into most of the other stuff in the game. They did not run the ball. Shoot, Georgia's, or Georgia's defense, though. Well, okay, what did you think about Lewis seeing? I, I, th- I, I liked what he said. They gave up the little stuff to not get beat by the big stuff. He said in the post-game press conference, we wanted to keep everything in front of us, understand that they were going to dink and dunk, but not let them get behind us for a huge chunk yardage play, those momentum-swinging plays. And you know what? I think if Georgia could have ran the ball and been more balanced on offense, it wouldn't have been that big of a deal. But Mississippi State was just eating up clock, completing anything that they wanted to. And it seemed like Georgia just said, hey, we'll give you this, and we know that we'll be able to outscore you. Yeah, which is a little scary. I mean, when yeah, you're, I mean, you're quarterback and JT who hasn't who hasn't started, and you're not running the ball well to say, hey, we're just gonna you know figure out a way to outscore you is kind of you know like I said, a little bit scary. But you know, Will Rogers did what I've been saying this Mississippi State offense needs to do all season is just just take the completions. I yeah. mean, that's the one yeah, thing that they exactly got in trouble right. with early on. LSU played man, so you can take some shots, and then you know, Will Rogers on that corner out right before halftime, Georgia got in the man, and he had a great, beautiful ball uh, for the long touchdown. But this offense, if I'm the quarterback there at Mississippi State and you're going to drop A in the coverage and just play zone, I'm going to go out there and complete 40 or 50 balls and just check it down every time, just yeah. four, five yards, yeah. five yards, five yards, five yards. Like, who cares? That first drive was, what, eight minutes long, seven minutes long? That is what this team needs to do going forward. If I'm Mississippi State and I'm Will Rogers, that is the blueprint of how you're going to be able to Absolutely. win football games. So I thought it was a great game for them offensively. You know, I don't hate what Georgia did. You know, listen, it's a tough offense to cover. You know, the game, the, the kind of the blueprint of slowing this team down was to drop eight, play more zone coverage, keep everything in front of you, and just wait for them to screw up. And, you know, Will Rogers didn't take the bait. You know, he, he, he played within himself. He played within the offense. And that's something that hurt K.J. Costello throughout the season was K.J. just got a little bit too horny. He did. He yeah. got a little bit too excited. Yeah. He wanted to make plays down the field. He wasn't patient. Uh, and he wasn't willing to take down take the check down. So, I thought for Mississippi State, a team, like we said, that has been or was a skeleton crew, not a lot of guys made the trip. Um, it's been off, obviously a very tough season year one besides that week one win against LSU. The way they came out and played on the road, I thought was pretty darn impressive. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we'll see. We're going to keep tabs on this as it develops. Georgia heads to Columbia this weekend to take on South Carolina and that skeleton crew headed up by Coach Mike Bobo. It'd be good to see Bobo and Kirby do battle Saturday after Thanksgiving. Let's just round it out a little bit before we get into some of the scores, Aaron. What do you think about Dabo Sweeney's comments about Florida State canceling the game? That was crazy. All right, so everybody. Well, I can't believe Dabo, would, he, didn't he travel a kid that was yes. symptomatic? Yes, so here's what happens. How crazy is that? This game was canceled at 9 a.m. on Saturday, set to kick off at 12. Clemson was in Tallahassee. They're ready to play the game. Hell, they're probably at the stadium already. What happened was a player who had previously shown symptoms but had not received a positive COVID test traveled with the team to Tallahassee, meaning he was on the plane. When Florida State found out that that kid did, in fact, end up getting a positive COVID test, they called the game off. They said, no, we're not playing. We don't feel comfortable playing. You know, I guess to each their own. I understand. But Clemson came out. The AD came out. Dabo Sweeney came out and said, hold on a second. We have followed all ACC protocol. I I guess they followed the guidelines. They followed the protocol. Dabo said after the game as well. Far worse things have happened than this situation, which, again, fell under protocol and guidelines that has resulted in games being played. 
So Dabo sat there and said, I don't understand why they're canceling the game. We're here. We follow protocols. The kid has been removed from the team since we got the positive test. He likened it to Trevor Lawrence practicing all week before he got the positive test and then had to sit out against Boston College. But Dabo coming out and saying, I think Florida State forfeited the game and used COVID as an excuse. (laughs) This dude is turning into a heel. And again, it seems like when people start questioning Clemson, when Clemson, when Clemson gets backed up against the wall, like after their loss to Notre Dame, now they're going to have to run the table, beat Notre Dame in the ACC championship to get into the playoff. Dabo just doesn't care. Sticks up for his team, says whatever he wants to the media, and for that, I give him credit. But to sit here and just say, hey, they used it as an excuse, and we think they forfeited the game, I mean, that's an outrageous claim. Dude, just take the lump, move on. You're going to go to the ACC championship game. I know you want to get your team some reps on the field. That kind of blew me away. That really did kind of blow me away. I'm surprised that he hasn't gotten any repercussions from that statement, and I would not be surprised if some repercussions do come his way. But, um, wow, well, that be was interesting. interesting. Too. I, I'm interested to see what Clemson testing-wise, what happens this week. I mean, you're talking about a kid that was traveling with him. Um, that ended up testing positive what Saturday morning. So, you know, I'm, I, I really want to see, I'm sure they get tested either today or tomorrow and then a, another time later oh, in the yeah. week, how many guys maybe were affected by it and, and what their schedule looks like going forward. So um, as we know, 2020 is just crazy. And, you know, it, I was, I, I was so funny. I, I, I didn't realize the game was canceled. I texted one of my buddies that went to Florida state. I was like, damn, man, I can't believe you guys are a 35 point underdog in this game. How embarrassing is that? Just, you know, talking a little yeah. crap. And it's like, you know, well, the game just got canceled. So thank God for us <laughs> that we don't have to worry about it. So, um, yeah, it's unfortunate. I mean, I'm sure they want to play, get that bad taste out of their mouth and then continue to move in the right direction. But, you know, they, they've played enough games already. And, and if they take care of against business against Notre Dame, they'll be in the playoffs. But well, the, the bigger thing this past weekend that, you know, I'll bring up real quick is the fact that Justin Fields didn't have his best day. Yeah. Interceptions. Yeah. Once again, Trevor didn't play. Yep. Um, Kyle Trask Max played okay for Alabama this weekend, you know, was, was good, but nothing special. And then Kyle Trask once again did his thing. I think this, this barring anything crazy, I think the Heisman's wrapped up, honestly. Oh I think my Kyle, God. I think Kyle Trask is one. Who else is going to win no, it? No, you're right. I mean, who else is going to win it right now? You, you are correct. Um, he's got the best They're, body of work and the most consistent body of work. And that's what it's going to come down to. Zach Wilson. They don't, play, they don't play anyone. Le- they, there's no one left on their schedule that is going to, challenge them yeah besides Alabama um but Alabama's defense and like I said I don't even think he needs to go out there and win the game versus Alabama to win the Heisman yeah they play Kentucky they play Tennessee and they play LSU so and they may not even play LSU who knows if that game's even going to happen because then Alabama would have to play LSU the following week so that game just may say okay we don't need to happen Florida Alabama you're an SEC championship game we'll play that on the 19th. So he may only have two games to go out there and just take care of the football through three or four touchdowns per game, which he can do. I think the Heisman's wrapped up. I think it's a done deal. Give the kid the thing unless obviously he goes out there and craps the bed. But as of right now, it does not look like he's going to do that. Wow. Unbelievable. He was behind Felipe Franks just 14 months ago. Unbelievable. Your lock absolutely slammed a home run. Alabama beat Kentucky 63 to three. As a 30-point favorite, my lock hit as well. Liberty lost, but only by one point. We were catching three and a half. 
Oklahoma routes Oklahoma State 41 to 13. I was on the right side of that one. That was crazy. Cincinnati scoots by Central Florida on the road. They were five and a half point favorites. I was right on that one. They won 36 to 33. Ohio State lets Indiana get back into it late. Indiana outscored Ohio State 14 to nothing in the fourth quarter. Ohio State stays undefeated. They win 42 to 35. And then we'll end with this one. Auburn beats Tennessee 30-17, to and man, where there's smoke, there's fire, and it, it seems like Jeremy Pruitt is catching some serious heat Golly. in Knoxville. I don't know what's going to happen here, Aaron. They're on a five-game losing boy, streak. My boy Cole said something pretty good about, let me pull it up real quick, about the number of losses that, that Tennessee's had this year by double digits is like the most they've had um, like ever. Or not forever, but I think in a long, 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 long time. So I'm going to try to find this tweet from Cole because he's always put out some good stuff. Um, but yeah, they just, it is tough sledding in, mm. in Knoxville right now. It is ugly, 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 ugly. And I asked my friend, uh, my friend Tony Morelli, who's a diehard Tennessee fan, I said, Oh, here you go. Sorry, one second, Drew. So if Tennessee has lost five straight games by double digits for the first time since starting the football program in 1891. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Wow. That That's truly a shocking statistic. I asked my friend who's a diehard Tennessee fan, I said, I, I get it. Everybody's upset with Coach Pruitt. But also remember, we're in 2020. It's a wild season, blah, blah, blah. He's like, why, why, why does he continue to play Jarek Garantano? I said, that's a good point. I said— Because the rest of the quarterbacks suck. Yeah, and we're, and we're noticing that now. And I said, I said, if you fire Pruitt, do you have confidence that anybody would be better? Do you want a specific person, or are you just saying anybody? And he said with conviction, he goes, anybody. Uh, we want anybody else other than Pruitt. I was like, damn. That is the sentiment of the Tennessee volunteer fan base, hashtag Vol Twitter. It's going to be interesting to see how this one plays out. Keep in mind, they still have to play Florida. Florida might just hang it up on them. But we will certainly do they beat, keep do they tabs beat on Vanderbilt? that. This weekend, I think they're an eleven-point favorite. My buddy said, "Take the eleven points with Vandy." That's what he said. He goes, "Take it." Yeah, honestly, golly, I mean, who knows who's going to be the starting quarterback for Tennessee? I know Vanderbilt's. I mean, at least they got a quarterback. I mean, at least that's one thing. They're zero and seven, but that Seals kid is pretty legit. I'm not gonna lie. I like that kid a lot. He's he has no talent around him at all, but he goes out there and balls out. So that's that's. That gives you a little bit of confidence when you look at the the, the crap show that is the Tennessee quarterback room mm. and Tennessee volunteers in general. At least Vanderbilt says, hey, at least we got a quarterback that can you know maybe go out there and make this thing competitive. Absolutely. Well, I was three and two this past week, taking me to twenty nine and twenty six on the season punt pass and pick. Aaron, you were two and three. You are below five hundred for the first time, twenty seven and twenty eight. It's Cincinnati Thanksgiving on week. The one yard line, just put it. I in, know. Man. I was so happy. Oh they almost God. fumbled it and lost the game. Yeah, that was insane. It's Thanksgiving week. Are you traveling? Where's your game this week? Um, lucky for me, actually, they gave me a little bit of a Thanksgiving joy. Oh, I got sweet. the UAB game on That's Friday, so I get to drive. So I get to spend Thanksgiving at home. Uh, wake up Friday morning, drive to the game. I think it's at twelve thirty. Call the game and then be back Friday night, so it's perfect. Awesome. I love That's it. If the game happens, I think UAB's had to cancel the past two Uh-oh. weeks because of the COVID. Well, so let's hope so. You know, we'll we'll find out probably today or tomorrow if the game even happens. All right, let's hope so. Everybody be in tune with social media at Punt and Pass, at Drew Butler, at Aaron Murray on Twitter and Instagram. We are going to announce the rules, the very easy rules for our prize picks and punt and pass contest that will run from this week until 
December 20th, which is Selection Sunday for the college football playoff. We have three awesome prizes that we're going to give out to the top three winners. It costs you nothing. All you have to do is play. And if you have played or downloaded prize picks using our promo code, you're automatically entered. So keep in touch on social media for that. He's Aaron Murray. I'm Drew Butler. We'll talk to you later on this week. Everybody have a happy Thanksgiving. See you.